I have one thing to say to you. Kiss my fat ass. Hello, fellow mourners of diet culture. It is I, Emily Lubin. I'm the Grim Reaper and the host of this show. Welcome back to RIP Diets. We missed a week last week, and uh, I'm very sorry about that. Thank you for understanding. I posted something in my uh, Insta story about it. I just could not seem to get the episode done last week. I was supposed to have a guest, but then they canceled, and then I was actually upstate all weekend, and I didn't have time to record a solo episode. So I'm delivering this solo episode to you guys just in time for Thanksgiving. And I thought it would be a really good opportunity to ask you guys what you want me to talk about. So I put a poll on my Instagram. This is why you should be following me on Instagram. I am Lubination, L-U-B-I-N-A-T-I-O-N. And occasionally I'll ask questions or I'll put polls on my story and they very much inform what I talk about on the podcast. So definitely follow me there. You can also follow the show at RIP Diets and I put a lot of polls up on there as well. And I love when you guys interact with me. It's just, it's the highlight of my day. And I know I say that all the time, but I'm never going to get tired of saying it. So get used to it. So I did receive a few questions from you guys that I'm going to address here. Um, This is probably going to be a fairly short episode, but I wanted to address something before I get into those questions. And it's something that I've been thinking about a lot over the past few days. I think in general, there's a lot of confusion about what an anti-diet philosophy looks like and what intuitive eating is really about. On this show, I talk about intuitive eating, but I also go into the fat acceptance movement, which I am very much in support of. And I believe that all people and all bodies should be treated equally in our society. Uh, Unfortunately, that is definitely not the case. We still have a ways to go. But this is what I've been thinking about, and I hope I can articulate it really well for you guys. There are, you know, trolls on the internet or people who are genuinely curious who ask me, you know, you believe in intuitive eating. So do you believe that if somebody just wants to sit on the couch and eat chips all day, that that's what they should do? And to that, I say it's a multi-layered response. Sometimes you should sit on the couch and eat chips And that's not immoral. Sometimes you're too exhausted to move. Sometimes you need a little bit of time to just sit on the couch and be inactive and eat. And that's totally okay, regardless of your body size. But let's be honest, if you spent all your time sitting on the couch eating chips, you'd probably feel pretty terrible. Um, Definitely after a few weeks of that, you would feel pretty bad. So this is to say that everybody following intuitive eating and everybody on an anti-diet journey, the main thing to keep in mind throughout this process is to respect your body and the focus should not be weight. I know from experience that when you're in a larger body or sometimes even if you're not, your weight becomes the problem that needs to be fixed. Weight carries a lot of weight. 
for lack of a better word. But then when you focus on your health and happiness and pay no attention to your weight, you are way more likely to actually live a healthy lifestyle. I follow intuitive eating. I do not diet. I'm very staunchly anti-diet, but I work out a fair amount. I go to the gym, you know, a few days a week, three or four days a week, perhaps. Um, But it really depends on how I feel. And I also eat every food under the sun, depending on what my body wants and needs. And I happen to live in a thin body. And I recognize that. I know that I have privilege with that. Definitely walking around, navigating the world. I definitely have a lot of privilege. However, there are people who work out just as much as I do, who don't follow a diet, but eat a very well-rounded diet and who feel fantastic and go to the doctor and address all their health needs and respect their bodies, and they live in larger bodies, and that is okay. The focus should not be your weight. The focus should be on how healthy and happy you are, and that gets looped in with weight all too often, and we think that we can just look at somebody and know if they're healthy or not, but truly we can't tell if somebody is healthy just based on their weight. There are a lot of factors that contribute to our health and it's very reductive to just say, oh, this person is overweight. They must be unhealthy. It's very reductive and most of us don't understand all of the factors that go into what makes a healthy body and a healthy mind. It has a lot more to do with weight. Weight is very much predetermined by your genetic makeup and you can control it to a small degree. But to truly feel healthy and happy, the focus should not be your weight. It should be on your general health, respecting your body. And sometimes respecting your body does mean not going to the gym. Sometimes respecting your body means taking a rest day. It doesn't always mean pushing your body to the limit. So I think that's very important to keep in mind that when I say respect your body, I'm talking about doing the things that you know will make your body feel the best in that given moment. So that could mean going for a workout. I woke up hungover the other day because I drank half a bottle of wine. And I guess that's what happens after age 30 is you start to feel it a lot more than you used to because I've heard this from a lot of people. So I drank about two and a half glasses of wine. The next day, I just had a mental fog. My whole body was fatigued. And I went to the gym for 30 minutes and I broke a sweat and I felt so much better. However, there are definitely other days when I'm hungover and I feel so fatigued and I couldn't possibly imagine going to the gym. I just need some sleep and rest and to watch three movies in a row on Netflix and just chill the fuck out. And that is also respecting my body. So I think it's important to keep all of these things in mind that respecting your body could look different on any different day. And it's really important to tune into that and pay attention to that and not have a weight bias, either conscious or subconscious, that is causing you to do certain behaviors, like to eat certain foods or to go to the gym. I'm happy to answer any questions or clarify further. If you guys want to DM me or write in the Discord group, there's a link to the Discord group in the show notes. 
I'm happy to talk about it more because it is a very nuanced topic and it can be hard when you first start intuitive eating to really know, oh, well, what does my body need? Do I need to work out or do I need to rest? I'm not sure. Do I just not want to work out because I'm not used to it or do I not want to work out because my body is really not up to it today? That's important to be able to distinguish and that definitely becomes a lot easier over time just as intuitively eating becomes easier over time. And I think that actually leads perfectly into this question that I received. Somebody reached out to me on Instagram, a listener of this show, and asked if I could talk about regression in intuitive eating, times that I've felt like I regressed and how to address that and how to move forward from that. And I'm happy to talk more about this. Um, This listener pointed out that I, at some point in the show, talked about going to visit my grandma and realizing that I was really addicted to counting my steps. And that is something that happened to me. And it's something that I've been keeping in mind over the past year is not to obsessively look at my steps. I don't know where this habit came from, but somewhere along the way, it became something that I did every day was to check my steps. And if I did not reach a certain amount of steps, keep in mind this definitely changed uh, in the pandemic. But let's say if I didn't reach 10,000 steps that day, I would have a little bit of anxiety and I would want to reach those steps. And sometimes it wasn't even as finite as that. Sometimes it was just like, oh, well, if I walked 2,900 steps, then I need to walk 100 more steps to round out that number. And you'll see a theme with that with me is a lot of my disordered eating is related to somewhat of an obsessive compulsive tendency that I have. I definitely don't have OCD, but I do have compulsions that have become really clear to me in the past few years. And and you'll see that theme in uh, this little list I put together. Another thing that I've realized stayed with me throughout intuitive eating and I didn't address it until fairly recently, is eating two of the same thing in one day. And I'm dying to know if other people can relate to this. This is definitely something that carried over from my eating disorder. If I ate, let's say, a meal with cheese or nuts or, I mean, really, it could be any food. I would go to extreme lengths not to eat the same food again in the same day. And in my eating disorder, that was a way to control how much I was eating and kind of to limit my intake. And it was very effective. But in intuitive eating, it's something that's kind of carried over that it doesn't really have a place anymore and it doesn't really have a logical reason anymore. It's just a compulsion that I've developed and I've gotten so much better at ignoring that tendency. But I'll give you a really wild example. A few weeks ago was Halloween and my nephews got a ton of candy because they went trick-or-treating on Halloween. And I was over at their house and they had almond joys. And these boys do not like almond joys. And I understand why it seems kind of like an old person candy, but it is my favorite candy. I'm obsessed with coconut and nuts and chocolate. I mean, I just think it's the best combination ever. So I went to eat one because they didn't want them. So I was going to steal all their fucking almond joys. And I had a little ding in the back of my head. I had a little ooh 
remember. And it was that that same morning for breakfast, I ate a protein bar that was coconut and almond and chocolate. So it was the same flavors that were in the Almond Joy and it had almonds in it. For a second, I thought to myself, oh, well, maybe I won't eat the Almond Joy. I basically had an Almond Joy for breakfast. I had to stop myself and really think about that thought. I basically had an Almond Joy for breakfast. So this chocolate almond coconut protein bar is basically the same as an Almond Joy in my mind, somewhere in the corner of my mind. And for that reason, I cannot have an Almond Joy later on in the day. And then I ignored that voice because that is absurd. That's ridiculous. That's what I mean by checking in with yourself. When you have a thought like, oh, I don't want that. Maybe I won't eat that. Stop and think for a second, why do I not want to eat it? And for me, the reason was completely absurd and it was based in this compulsion that I have no need for anymore. And that is the way that we get better and better at intuitive eating is checking in with ourselves and asking, is this just a coping mechanism or is this really how I feel? And that goes along with, you know, all aspects of mental health, but I think it's very important in recovering from disordered eating. Another thing that I carried with me and I noticed was a little bit of a regression was I noticed that I would lean more towards packaged foods versus homemade or home baked food. Would love to know if other people went through this as well. Even well after I considered myself recovered, if there was the option for a packaged cookie, like a cookie in a cellophane wrapping from a grocery store, I would choose that over a homemade cookie. And this was definitely also something from my eating disorder that I would lean more towards packaged foods and foods that I knew were, quote, one serving because I could only eat one serving max of anything at any meal or any snack. And the home baked good, I just had no idea what was in it. And I would obsessively read the ingredients in whatever I was eating. Half the time, I didn't even know half of the ingredients. But just the fact that I knew what I was consuming felt much safer than just taking a homemade brownie or homemade cookie and eating it. And I have no idea what's in it. That is something that I actively had to go against. I would stop in bakeries instead of stopping at the grocery store or at a deli and grabbing a packaged product to eat. I would go into a bakery. I would pick out what looked good to me and I would eat it. And I'm telling you, you guys, the more that you actively go against your compulsions, and this is all what they teach you in cognitive behavioral therapy, changing your behavior and noticing the result and noticing that you didn't burst into flames when you did the thing you were scared of, nothing bad happened to you. It trains your brain to not go into survival mode and not have that anxiety when you do something that you're nervous about or afraid of. So for me, that was eating a home-baked food instead of a packaged food. That's something that made me nervous. My brain would go into fight or flight mode. I would get scared about it. Ooh, I don't know what's in this. Ooh, what is it going to do to me? But then the more and more I ignored that voice and would just eat the baked good and 
the more I noticed that nothing bad happened and I was totally fine and there was no difference between that and the packaged food, the easier it became to actually do it. And now I don't even blink an eye at a baked good. I love stopping in a bakery. I love the spontaneity of it, grabbing a croissant from a French bakery. Ah, and there are so many good ones in New York. And that's something that I wasn't able to do for a really long time, even in recovery. And it's because I kept checking in with myself. The last one is early on in my recovery, I did notice myself regressing during the holidays. And that's because of all the triggers that were around. That's because I was around family. And when I'm around family, I feel like a young child. I very much go back into that inner child mentality and I feel very anxious and out of control. And one of the first things I turn to is controlling my food. And that can be so difficult at a holiday where you're expected to indulge in certain foods that holidays were just a nightmare for me. So what I did when I started to notice this type of regression was I would start my day on a holiday with a very normal breakfast. Something that I noticed I was doing was on a holiday, I would either skip breakfast or I would just have, you know, coffee and milk or just something very light because I knew that I was expected to eat more heavy later on in the day. And that's something that I don't do anymore. I treat it just like a normal day because I find that if you stick to the same routine that you normally stick to on any other day, whether it's a holiday or not, you will feel more normal and you will feel less out of control. Even when you sit down to that Thanksgiving dinner and there's so much food, you will just biologically not be starving and your brain will respond accordingly because if you skip breakfast, your brain will go back to that fight or flight mode that I was talking about. Think that you're starving and you will be way more likely to overindulge in those foods or give into binging behavior or regress in that way. And I definitely noticed myself doing that. I, even in recovery, I would skip breakfast. I would go to Thanksgiving. I would binge on Thanksgiving food and I would feel so physically sick. There was one year that I felt so fucking sick after Thanksgiving that I couldn't drive home. I made my dad drive me home and I laid down in the back seat because that's how much pain I was in after eating all the Thanksgiving food. And that's not normal, you guys. I definitely don't recommend it. Start your day with a nice breakfast. Do everything that you would normally do. You don't have to go to the gym that day if you don't want to. I mean, you don't have to go to the gym any day if you don't want to, but I'm just saying do what you would normally do on any other day on that holiday and you will feel way more in control. Don't psych yourself out and make this big deal of the holiday when really it's just supposed to be you enjoying a meal, spending time with family. It's supposed to be a nice thing for everybody involved. So I think that's important to keep in mind. And this kind of goes along with uh, something that another listener wrote in. This isn't really a question, but I, I think it's important that I address it. She says, I have an extreme fear of going home for Thanksgiving and people noticing weight gain. I'm terrified. This actually broke my heart and I, I totally understand where she's coming from and I know it can be so hard. The best advice that I could give you aside from treating it like a normal day, sticking to your normal routine as closely as you can, eating a nice breakfast, 
come prepared with some topics that you can talk about that you're confident talking about, whether it be, you know, maybe some recent work accomplishments or some cool hobbies that you've been getting into or TV shows that you're watching. People love talking about TV shows. Come prepared with a few things so that if you notice that people are getting a little diet culture-y, if people are talking about how much they should be eating at Thanksgiving, or if they are even blatantly directing that towards you, if you have a really rude aunt or a really rude uncle who's commenting on your body or something, you can walk off, you can take a break, and then you can come back prepared with other things to talk about that have nothing to do with food and have nothing to do with bodies. And having those tools in your toolkit will make the day a whole lot easier. And then this last question I just thought was pretty funny and I can actually relate to it a lot. Is it okay to hate Thanksgiving? It's my least favorite holiday, too much food and travel. I feel you so much. Thanksgiving is actually my least favorite holiday. I hope my family's not listening to this. I do love spending time with my family, but... Thanksgiving to me was always just such an overwhelming holiday. There's so much different food and I get overwhelmed by choices. And that might be um, a symptom of my ADHD as well as my eating disorder. But I get really overwhelmed when there's so many different things to try and so many choices. And I kind of start to feel powerless over the food. And I've found something that makes me feel way more in control, but not like I'm restricting myself or restricting any of the food I'm eating, is I will take a really small amount of every food and I'll make kind of like a sampler plate for my first course and try a tiny bit of every single thing. And if I allow myself to do that, then I find that I naturally gravitate towards certain things. Usually it's the stuffing and the cranberry sauce. And then I'll go back for seconds, pick what I really like, and I don't end up too full. I don't end up feeling like I binged on anything. I feel like I gave myself the opportunity to try every single thing, but also I don't feel like I lost control around the food or that I resorted to binging behavior by default. All of that being said, I also want to remind you guys that it's perfectly okay to overeat at Thanksgiving. That's not something that I actively try to avoid. I just know that being too full usually doesn't make me feel very good. Um, And that's kind of what I focus on is I focus on gentle nutrition and I focus on really listening to my body and noticing when I'm going to be too full. And I'm so deep into my intuitive eating practice that I can actually tell when I'm about three bites away from being too full. And I swear to God, I, this is something I've developed in the past year or so. I can tell, okay, I can have two more bites and I'll still be content. I'll be full. I'll be happy but three more bites, I might be too full. And the only way to really acquire that ability is to completely trust your body and to understand that sometimes you're going to overeat. You kind of need to overeat sometimes to understand what that limit is and to know for next time, okay, well, Last time I ate this, I ate a little too much of it and it gave me a stomach ache. So I'm going to stop here. I'm going to stop three bites before and then I'll be full but not too full and I won't have a stomach ache. Again, it's important to really think about and dissect these things as they happen 
But if you do overeat at Thanksgiving, not a big deal at all. It's kind of what the holiday is about. And I'm trying to help you navigate it as best I can. Oh, okay. And there is one more question. What to do when you are full from dinner, but still want to have dessert because it's a holiday? Very understandable question. This has definitely happened to me. I'll fill up on dinner and then dessert will come out and I'll think, ooh, I could definitely use a slice of pecan pie. There's a few things you could do. You could just take one bite and see how you feel. And that's totally an okay thing to do. Even if you already feel full from dinner, one bite might be all you need to feel like you've tried the dessert and that was enough for you and now you're full. You can also ask to take something home. Usually when I go to Thanksgiving dinner, it's at my aunt's house and she always has extra food. She's always trying to unload food on us and, you know, send me home with a full pie. Take them up on that offer. Take a dessert home. Pack up some cookies and brownies for later when you are hungry, when you know you will enjoy the dessert so much more than right after a heavy meal when you're too full for dessert. And those are my recommendations for surviving Thanksgiving. You can DM me at any point this week or go to the Discord chat and ask your fellow mourners what to do. I'm sure we would all be happy to show you support during this time. The holidays can be really incredibly tough, and I know that from experience. But all that being said, I hope you guys enjoy your holiday and enjoy spending time with your family indulge in a little delicious wintry Thanksgiving delights and maybe even pick up a pumpkin spice latte from Starbucks on the way there or the way home. That is a ritual that I really enjoy. I love going to Starbucks and picking up a PSL on my way to Thanksgiving dinner. I find it so festive and wonderfully basic. So if that sounds appealing to you, give it a try. It's it's actually quite fun. So have a fabulous Thanksgiving. And if you want even more RIP Diets content, you can check out my Patreon, patreon.com slash RIP Diets. You can find bonus episodes, videos, vlogs, and I will be uploading a vlog during the week of Thanksgiving as well. So now would be a great time. It's probably going to have something to do with holiday eating or something like that. But I'm also open to suggestions, which you can write in the Patreon thread of the Discord chat. So there are lots of ways you can hit me up. I love hearing from you guys. I hope to continue talking to you guys throughout the holidays. And let's just have a good ass time. Peace, love, RAP diets. (laughs) 